As a business leader, or as a leader in an organization, as a leader in community, we must always be asking ourselves, what is required of leadership today? I talked to Judith Germain about the future of leadership, and she shares with us the concept and application of Maverick Leadership. You won't want to miss this one. Have a listen. Welcome to Reinventing Perspectives. Today we have an amazing guest. We have Judith Germain with us. Please tell us what are you about? Oh, about me. It's always a difficult one, isn't it? I would say I'm a strategic innovator. I am someone who's totally passionate about leadership and in particular maverick leadership, that ability to do things in a different way, but one filled with integrity and the greater good principle. I suppose I could also add I'm the host of a radio show, podcast. I have my own magazine. (laughs) I'm the C-suite mentor and author. Yeah, that's amazing. We're honoured to have you on the podcast, Judith. Maverick leadership, some people may be familiar with it, some people may not. So what is the maverick paradox? Let's start there. The Maverick Paradox is a leadership consultancy and it really looks at maverick leadership and maverick leadership principles. And the principles of maverick leadership is who you are and what you do. So a lot of leadership looks solely at what you do to other people. And what I'm saying is leadership is about who you are because it's personal, what you bring. Are you a person of integrity? Are you trusted? Are you well known for getting things done and your capability um, and track records? So maverick leadership is about who you are and what you do, working for the greater good, getting things done and standing up for what you believe in. Yeah, I always thought of leadership, like you said, in terms of the things you must do. Mm-hmm. And when you bring that part of who are you, you know, when you only think of what you do, it's almost like it's an act. Yes. Like an- so, well, I'm excited for this conversation. So, <laughs> I'll give you an example because yeah, yeah. I've always thought of it. It's like, you know, when people talk about they're a leader, it's almost like they go into work and they put on this leadership cloak and then they're the leader. Whereas I say, it's when you wake up in the morning, maverick leadership is the underwear that you put on. It's that integral to, to what you're doing in the world. And that's the difference. It, it's, it's you and how you do you um, in the world. Wow. Really, really interesting. What led to you doing what you do? Because I also have never heard of Maverick Leadership. I was so interested when I saw it, but I've never heard of it. You know what? It was looking at what was it that made really, really good leaders. So I've got a background in HR, background in operations. So I have trained managers, worked alongside, mentored, coached, fired, hired. And when I sat and thought about it, there were probably only five that I really, really rated. So I wanted to see what was it that made them different and what made good leadership. And for me, it was that whole kind of maverick principle that made the difference. People that were prepared to say, that emperor is absolutely naked. I don't care if you told me he's wearing the most beautiful cloak. He's naked. And this is what this means, you know. And I think myself, I spent a lifetime of, being different and people thinking people not understanding me so think of maverick leaders you're really into alignment making sure things get done making sure that the things that you state are important are actually dealt with with integrity 
And sometimes if you don't contextualize your thought process on what you're doing, people think that you have a hidden agenda. Oh, you're only saying this because you want to look better. You're only saying this because you just want to argue. So I spent, you know, a time of being totally utterly misunderstood. And I couldn't understand. And I didn't really appreciate that what you say, how you said it had an impact. How have you found the reception, especially in the business world, where if we look a lot to kind of the heroes of entrepreneurship, you know, the people we look up to, bravo, showmanship, and, you know, you almost find that the leaders who I would think of when I'm listening to you describe a maverick with Ida, I immediately think of people like Satya Nadal, you know, people that even when they are being announced, they often say, unassuming or you know the way he's described you know compared to people like when they talk about jack welch you know the leader how have you found the reception of the idea of maverick leadership as a concept in the business world i love that because that's the exact thing there's no ego with the maverick leader think of jacinda in uh, new zealand there's no ego this is just let's just get it done and get it done well actually you know what the reception especially since covid is fantastic and the reason for that is that we need now people who can thrive in a world that is constantly changing. And if you think about leadership, if you've learned it from business school or a professional body, it's all been about look at the past. What can you predict from what's already there? And you can't do that now. You can look at the patterns of the past, but you can't say, we did this, so therefore we will do that. The pace of change is rapid. And the good thing about maverick leaders and maverick leadership is about being able to really look at the past but predict a present and a future based on what's happening right now and that's exactly what people are looking for so you know I'm quite busy at the moment <laughs> because <laughs> people are saying we need not just the leadership team because my leadership is all about everybody it's that whether you clean the floor or you're in a payroll function or you know, ops function, it doesn't really matter who you are, you need that person to be able to go, right, this is what I believe I need to do right now. And they can challenge and they can move. And I think the reception is quite good because people see that now. They guess the need for that. This is well, we're so lucky because it was so hard to finally get this time with you. So we're so lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, um, as an entrepreneur who's listening, because our audience is early entrepreneurs and they are thinking to themselves, okay, what do I need to do? I'm listening to this idea of maverick leadership and I'm thinking, how do I become that leader that's focused on the present and moving with the future, not so much with the past anymore? Yeah. You know what? This is a time for those maverick leaders who are entrepreneurs because this is about defining your own core identity. So what I talk about is what's your own business proposition? Yeah. What is the impact that you give on the world and what's your talent and how do you bring that together? Most people have always said, look at the market, find the gap in the market, fill the gap in the market. I don't know if it really ever did work, but it doesn't work now. It doesn't work now because you just become this weird square into this hole. And it's, it's the wrong way around. You need to define who you are, what you do, what you're passionate about. What's your expertise? And find the people, the tribe that want to come round into that expertise. And if you have that place, then you just drive everything through to that. So that's what, for me, my leadership for an entrepreneur is. It's leading you, your clients and your society around that thing that you're passionate about. 
That's really going for impact. Am I understanding it correctly? Yeah, but it's um, sustainable impact. So people aren't going to buy what you have to sell if they don't believe and trust in you. So if you think about it, if you're an entrepreneur, a coach, or even if you're selling a product, you know, you and me, we can spend our money on lots of similar stuff. So if, I'm, if I can spend my money anywhere, I now have a choice of where I spend it. So I want to put my money, and I'm sure you're the same, in something that you believe in or someone that you believe in. Mm. And that's the difference. That's the stand-up point. So the impact on your market comes from the impact that you make on yourself and on others. Let me know if I got this correct because I might be completely wrong. And I want you to tell me I'm wrong while the audience is still listening if I am. <laughs> so um, I'm thinking about just the way in which the consumer has also changed, you mm. know, and that we want to even just, I think the pandemic has kind of accelerated that change, even in terms of people want to do, they've always wanted to do meaningful work, but they now are not going to tolerate work that's not meaningful. Yes. People have always wanted to be a part of the cause, but now they're really thinking, well, I am going to put my money where I want to get a cause. So it only makes sense that that kind of leadership is the kind of leadership that is required at this time to in business and in life as well. Am I kind of understanding it correctly? That's right, yeah. Because if you think about the 90s and the early 2000s, corporate social responsibility meant you put your brand behind something. Mm-hmm. that's no longer acceptable. It's put your money where your mouth is. I want to see something tangible. And I don't know about you, but if you go networking and you're around a group of entrepreneurs and you ask them, what do you do? You often hear things like, well, what I do is, you know, whatever it is. That's not passion field. That's not exciting. I don't want to get involved in that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want somebody that says, my mission, you know, one of my main mission is that, you know, I believe the world is broken. I think there are many broken pieces. I'm passionate about changing the way the world, you know, world works. So I want to help people pick up the piece, the broken piece they're passionate about, fix that piece. People understand that. And, you know, I could, I could talk wax lyrical in lots of different iterations of what that means, but people can see where I'm going and how to align myself. If somebody's only in it for the money, I'd rather spend my money with somebody who's in it for the money because the money does something. Oh, wow. This this is great. I've actually stopped looking at my questions because I've been so intrigued and really <laughs> trying to really understand this. And it, it made me even think of a quote that I saw by Jeff Bezos where he said, he only invests in companies that are, or only they only acquired at that time companies where he felt that the leaders were missionaries and anything that was being led by what he referred to as mercenaries, only profit tended people thinking about how to profit only solely. He was not interested in those kind of companies because he felt that this is not going to last. No, because we've done that, haven't we? And if you look at um, the initial beginnings of COVID when the world was standing still and nobody knew what was going to happen, the ones that survived were the ones that kept the conversation and ensured that they turned themselves to helping others. You know, community drivers. People wanted to support that. And the ones that were, so in the UK, there was a chain of pubs and the uh, the guy that ran it had a very, let's say, wasn't quite the greater good principle in terms of how safe, how to keep people safe. 
And the backlash against this chain, which was superbly popular, has rattled on way past, mm. you know, people coming out of lockdown. And whether that chain can recover is uncertain. But those that have turned around and said, you know what, we can't deliver this, so what we'll do is we will produce masks instead, for example, it has made a huge difference how people relate to that brand. And I think people have been talking for years about the personalist brand, but that has meant in the past you need to look a certain way or say a certain way, where it's not, it's more about the person is the brand, the entrepreneur is the brand because how they think and feel about something is the bit that is connecting with the consumer. Oh, I'm so glad you said that because I think for a lot of people who kind of hesitate with, especially with content marketing and the like, it's because of that narrative. You are a personality. You are not really like showing yourself and your belief and what you were looking a certain way, founding a certain way, kind of a packaged personality of which we've definitely moved away from. Can I give a challenge to your audience? Please do. <laughs> because I was challenged and I did it and I was successful, <laughs> which was to ask the people, if you're on social media, just go to social media and ask one question. What do I stand for? No explanation. Just what do I stand for? Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting to see the responses. And you'll definitely learn something about yourself. I, I just find that really enlightening to see how different people, some people only knew me from what I wrote about or spoke about. Some people knew me, knew me. Some people were just acquaintances. But it was interesting to see the breadth of consistency and difference between the answer to that question. That must have been really, oh, well, a little bit scary, but really good. It was, you know. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm asking in my marketplace. So I was really, because when I was challenged with it, I was like, I'm going to just ask a few people quietly, like some of my mates. And then I thought, oh, how can I have a brand which is all about going for it? taking the challenge and do stuff. It's not consistent, is it? So I just was very honest. I said, I'm doing some research, which I was, and just saying, what do I stand for? Um, And I put it on different social media. And I got responses from people that I don't know, actually. I actually don't know them, but they obviously see the stuff I talk about and and whatever. And that's what I thought was fascinating. And it kind of proves my theory of people are always watching. This is why you've got to be aligned and need to know who you are when you're doing your work because people are always watching and you're leaking out who you are, what you believe in, what your values are, how you respond to stuff all the time. And you don't even know you're doing it. Um, but people are paying attention. Uh, absolutely. And the other thing is, you know, your brand isn't what you say it is. Your brand no. is what people experience. So they will tell you what your brand is. It doesn't matter what you thought your brand was. They're telling you exactly what you're putting out there and what they, as your yeah and what was interesting about the responses was apart from i think one none of them was a brand message so that's what the question was like what do i stand for what does my brand stand for? so it wasn't oh your brand is this it was like you stand for integrity you stand for courage you stand for mm-hmm. you know and that was that's what i thought was quite a fascinating response i actually wish i could go further and further into that because that's so interesting that it's like it wasn't a brand message it was like personal you what does that mean for like an entrepreneur? We got to have a think about this. <laughs> uh, um, about your book that you authored, uh, The Maverick Paradox, you talk about a secret power behind successful leaders, consultants, entrepreneurs. 
What is the secret power? It was published in 2017. And there was the message there about who you are and what you do. I think the secret is you need to have the right capabilities, things like knowledge, emotional awareness, you need to have a vision and self-efficacy, those kinds of things. If you've read the book, you would know I love an acronym. I'm just crazy for acronyms. So when I talk about attributes, I talk about wines. I say all good leader wines, and that's they have willful intention. They have honest belief. So they honestly believe the thing. That's part of the passion as well. They're influential, knowledgeable, the execution output driven, and they're success driven. So the secret is, I guess, discovering who you really are. And I don't mean like, I need to be authentic. I mean, who are you? What do you care about? What are you value for? What will you stand for? And then how do you apply that into your passion place? How do you drive impact into that? And how do you... The book looks about attributes, but it also looks about how successful leaders utilise power. So it's quite interesting because we all have power. We have the ability to really make a difference. But what I noticed when I was looking at leadership, whether it's entrepreneurs or non-entrepreneurs, is that you tend to be easily manipulated because you give power away. And the difference with maverick leaders is that they recognise that People only have power over you if you give them the power. It's with your consent. Yeah. I'm not talking about scenarios where people are, you know, abusing you. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about generally day to day. So you need to decide who you give your power to and when you can take it back. Mm. Let's give an example. So in the entrepreneur space. Okay, so when I became an entrepreneur to begin with, like most, you come out of corporate. I was a senior person in, in corporate, used to people doing what I was to do because I was a senior, and then you go into the entrepreneur space and no one listens to what you do and you're not important. And it's a huge culture shock. It's like, oh, I'm in this space and no one's paying any attention. So what I tended to do then was to go to people that I thought were going on, they knew what they were doing, and they would tell me, and they would be like, this is what you need to do. And I would go off and do it. And it wasn't working. And it wasn't working because it wasn't me. I didn't wholly agree with it, but I felt that these people were more powerful than me and what they were doing was right. And when I realised that every time I was explaining who I was and what I did, people kept saying, no, this is what you do. Like, I was giving the power away. So I, you know I, mean? I was giving my power away. And then what I realised was, this is what I want to do. and I designed my own job this is what I do and people were telling me no one is going to buy that because that does not exist they need this and I was just yeah no this is what I'm doing and I was proved right in the end mm. but I think it was it's very easy to look at someone who seems to have legitimate power they have authority they're well known they've got all this respect and they say no you are wrong this is what you do this is how you need to say it and that's not right you need to look within yourselves or work with people who are like mine to make sure you drive through the, the right thing there. Oh, that's a great example. A really, really good example. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs in the beginning do experience that because it's a different space from, you know, being in corporate in any other environment. Mm. And then we instantly gravitate to, oh, well, somebody surely knows how to do this better than I do. So <laughs> I should probably do what they're telling me to do because I feel like you almost already know what to do. But you're looking for a validation that is the yeah, right you know, thing to do. 
it's a bit like when I wrote my book. So I, you know, I had clients that, you know, published books. So, you know, I had lots of advice on how to write a book. And I was really struggling. I started off really strong and I just couldn't get anywhere with it. And then I realised it was because everybody I talked to was talking to me about a linear expression. So you start in chapter one and you finish at chapter whatever, ten. My brain does not work like that. So <laughs> I would write half a chapter one, finish chapter seven, go back to chapter four. And once I got that it's my book and it's up to me how I want to do it, the book got written in less than three months. It was just like, shh, it just flew out of me. But I took ages trying to write it because I was trying to do it. But my brain just doesn't work that way. And that's something like power. You know, I had people who are very good at it. You know, they edit books, they publish books, they know exactly what they're talking about. But it just wasn't me. And I needed to stand there and go, you know what? That's not how I write a book. <laughs> yes. Yes. Ah, oh, such a great message. Such a great message for entrepreneurs. Thank you so much for that. Now, what is the number one mistake that business owners make with their businesses from working with your clients, what you've seen? Not having a strategic direction to go in. Mm. So if you've come out of corporate, you often think of strategy as some sort of multi-page document, which you need to follow in a linear fashion to get to where you want to be. I don't say that. I think it's about having a strategic direction. So regardless of what obstacles come up, you just sidestep them because you know where you're going. And if you have a very firm idea of the strategic direction, you will get there because you will always make decisions in that pathway. And I, what I see is that people get ideas and they get excited and then they go, I'm implementing this idea. But it doesn't go anywhere or it's not as well executed because there's just no strategy for it or there's no linking strategy. So entrepreneur, so if you think about it, you go into business and you're really clear about what you want to do. So I'm going to deliver this service or I'm going to make this product. And then what happens is uh, you run out of money. So you end up then doing stuff that you didn't plan on doing. And after a period of time, you can't remember why you went into business in the first place because you're so far away from the mission because all these little incremental steps are taking you somewhere. So what I do and help people do is to bring it back together so there's an umbrella message, with an umbrella service that you can shoot off. So when people look at you, so when people look at me, they think Maverick Leadership. There's lots of iterations, lots of things that comes under that, but the message is clear. And I think number one mistake people have, two mistakes, not having a strategic direction to go into, and not being clear of who they are or what they're doing, what's their service, and how that is represented throughout everything that they're doing. It's a bit like when I first started wanting to build a reputation all those years ago, I would write to magazines on all sorts of things in the HR sphere, because that's what I knew. I didn't necessarily enjoy doing it, but I was like, I want to get my name out. Whereas now, I wouldn't do that, because I'd only write or contribute with something that's on message to what I believe in. And what's the net result? I can get an article out fairly quickly because it's in my passion phase. Whereas before, I'd be like, oh, no, I need to write again about this and I really don't want to do it. Really. So you need to just be clear. What lights you up? What makes your heart sing? Because I guarantee people will buy the song you are singing. But you need to be very clear on the lyrics of your song and the tune that you're carrying. Another way of thinking about it is when we do so many things, you become so lukewarm and people experience that lukewarmness of what it is that you're doing. And then 
you know, they don't come back or it's like you have to literally do all kinds of things to get people to buy into it. But when you're focused, that thing is hot. You have to do less work. Really great advice. Thank you so much for your time, Judith. And I always ask these last two questions. What is the number one book or resource that you would recommend for an early entrepreneur? I quite like John Maxwell's book about leadership being influenced because if you understand that your job is to influence well, then it will be a nice tuning fork in everything that you're doing moving forward. Mm, I love that. And I love John Maxwell too. Now, what has faith meant to you on your journey? I think it's wrapped up in my values, you know, the greater good principle. First, do no harm. If you have to do some harm, make it the least amount of harm possible. And obviously, when I'm talking about harm, I'm talking about, you know, the decisions that you make. When I was in HR, for example, you have to make it redundant. That's harm, but you can make it least amount of harm by treating them well and with empathy and respect and, you know, that sort of stuff. I think it's what drives my need for integrity, my need to making sure people win. There are many times in business that you can make decisions that suit you but damages somebody else or a principal. And I guess my faith is about trying to make sure that I stick to my values, even when it's grey. Ah, oh, that's really great. Now, Judith, where can people go to learn a little bit more about you and about your work? My website's a great place, uh, maverickparadox.co.uk, so .co.uk. On there, you'll see references to the book, the magazine, podcast, and radio show, and how to work with me. If someone wants to just go and see a swagger of Mavericks and what they're writing, go direct to the Maverick Paradox magazine, which is themaverickparadox.com. Ah, amazing. I can see this, that this is the future of leadership. So we're so honored to have had this conversation. And people, please do go and check this out because this is what we need to be doing and this is what we need to be doing now. So thank you so much for your time, Judith. Thank you so much for having me on. For more information, freebies, and clips from various episodes, please follow us on Instagram at Reinventing Perspectives or go to our website, www.reinventingperspectives.com. Thank you so much for your time. We absolutely value your time. And even more, we value your feedback. Don't forget to leave us a review. Thank you so much and see you again next week. Mm -hmm.